Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. LFC Day Trippers. Brought to you by bookmakers.com. Welcome to the LFC Day Trippers. It's Full Time Reds brought to you by bookmakers.com. I am joined by Kev. It is finished at Anfield, Liverpool 2, and Wolves, not shockingly, nil. Kev, my man. Yeah, one minute. There you go. Get it in you. Get it in you. Well, the show tonight is brought to you by bookmakers.com. If you're into a little bit of the sports gambling, head on over to their website. Get the best odds on whatever you're going to be putting a bet down on. Check out Gav's on their, uh, I believe he's got a show coming out tomorrow on the bookmakers.com YouTube channel. So head over there. Show him a little bit of love in the comments. Bring some of the community that we have here at the Day Trippers over to his show there and show the Spurs and United guys how it's uh, properly done in the chat. So, ah, Mr. O'Sullivan, this is a much better way of doing this than the last few times we've done this. Yeah, it's it's nice coming after a win, but not just a win. It was a it was a really convincing second half performance and a really convincing win. It was we really limited them to virtually nothing. They had one chance in the first couple of minutes, but other than that, it was um really dominant defensive performance from us and had we taken our chances in the first half it would have been very very comfortable but as it was in given the form that we're in we don't do it the easy way we made hard work of it but it was a sweet win it was a sweet three points and a much much needed three points because to me that was tonight was make or break for a push to try to get into the top four it's still going to be a monumental challenge to do it but it's one that um given the fact now that's four clean sheets on the bounce in the league phil gives me a bit of confidence that once we start getting forwards back not just fit but match fit and match sharp that we'll uh we'll give it a good go yeah. Uh, you says three wins from our last four league games, taking 10 points, four clean sheets in a row. Weird as it doesn't feel like that kind of form. Uh, mm-hmm. Performances are the one. And I mean, 
if we can put together little runs like that, I mean, taking 10 points out of 12 for the rest of the season, that'll get us into the top four. And that's what we need to do. You know, yeah. said it last night on the show that we did with uh, Dom and Courtney previewing this match that draws just aren't going to be good enough. We got to go for it. And I'm very happy to say, Kev, that I absolutely nailed the lineup prediction last night. Go you. A hundred percent. Gold star for you. I know. It's uh, <laughs> modern, modern day Nostradamus I am. But, yeah. uh, you know, Ibu straight back into the team. He looked a little shaky at the start of the game. Like, you know, he had a had one or two times where him and Allison just their passing wasn't quite right. Um, Jota from the start and then a midfield that had Harvey Elliott and Bacetich in beside Fabinho. Uh, I'd like to see what the average age on our starting lineup is just with the five changes that Klopp made because it wouldn't be anywhere close to the almost 30 that it was when we played against Crystal Palace. But I and I'd hazard a guess at around 26. A win, but let's talk about the midfield first and foremost, Kevin. How yeah. do you think? How do I think it went? Oh, are you on mute? Nope. I can't hear you there, Kev. Am I there again? Yeah, there you go. All right, sorry. Yeah, I don't know what it is with my internet the last few days. It's cutting in and out. Um, I was nervous as all hell when I saw the midfield, but then I saw their lineup and it calmed me down an awful lot. Um, Fabinho looked, Fabinho looked like he took the responsibility of being the senior player in that three. They said, whatever about these two, I'm going to do my job and I'm going to show them that I'm doing my job. And it's up to them to live with me after that. And they did in the main defensively, they were good. There were at times the passing wasn't quite right in the first half. The patterns of play weren't great. And it was telling that, you know, Salah was pretty quiet in the first half. But in general, um, Harvey was, Harvey got on the ball and looked to play forward. He looked to create chances. And he had two really, really good chances. The header. And there was a shot as well, a snapshot on his weak foot, but that was, yeah. was in the second half. But it was, um, look, it was high energy for sure, uh, but it was a real risk because the the four that they played in mid, that they started in midfield are really experienced. But you can see why we're at, we're looking at Mateus Nunes. The the guy is seriously slick. He's really slick on the ball. He's a proper footballer. <sighs> Joe Moutinho is no secret. Anyone who's watched these um, these pods, I absolutely I've liked him as a player for a long, long time. Um, how he ended up at Wolves is anyone's guess. But Ruben Nevis been around the block, experienced, solid player. Pablo Sarabia experienced the days long. You know, he's coming from PSG off the back of a really good loan spell at Sporting Lisbon. And now into this side, he's hit the ground running in the Premier League. He's been pretty good for, for Wolves. You know, it was um, a, a solid centre midfield that they had to try to work out and figure out a way of breaking down and dominating. And for all their huff and puff for the first few minutes, they were really, really quiet. We nullified pretty much every threat that they had after the first five minutes. First five minutes were literally, it, it was a basketball game. And it, once that calmed down, everyone just said, okay, we're just, we'll just get on the ball. 
we we kind of caused our own problems at times with some some passing that was not quite on it. But I never really felt like we were going to concede unless it was through our own making. You know, Stefan, I thought was really good. Um, handled the booking. The booking I thought was harsh. Um, there. but he handled that, and Fabinho as well handled that early yellow card really well. And it it would have been very easy for him, given the stakes that are, and the players know better than anyone the stakes of, of you know where we are and what we need to do. So all it would have taken is one lunge, and you're dropping everyone right in it. You could be down to ten really quickly. So it was. Um, it was a good performance without it being outstanding. You know, yeah. it was it was good, solid, expected win against the side that you're at home. You know, you expect to beat these sides, but we've managed to find ways of losing games like this all season. And for the last four games in the league, we're back to our own our old uh, self, mean, nasty, not giving any anyone anything. If someone's going to get anything off us in the league, they're going to have to really earn it. And the biggest test of lots coming up at the weekend. Yeah, you know, it's no, going to be massive now. Yeah, because uh, they're in a pretty good run of form too. So it's going to yeah, be a, yeah. a a proper proper massive game. I presume it's the highlight game on Sunday Night Football or whatever it's called yeah. over there. Yeah, uh, the, yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, yeah, third minute they had a corner. Uh, Raúl Jiménez tries an overhead kick and. Uh, Sarabia at the back post. He's, you know, if he's three inches taller, he nods home pretty easily. And uh, we were looking at the stats just a little bit before we came on, and Wolves had almost one XG in the first half. And that's about the only chance I can think of yeah. that they had. And it was a good chance. It just floated a little bit too far over his head. And like Kieran B says, uh, Kanate almost gave him a gift in the first half. Can't wait to get him up and running again. Yeah, I have that down at 12, 12th minute. He just plays an awful pass. And something that I uh, I'll, I'll just jump ahead to the end. I thought my man of the match tonight was Virgil Van Dyke. I thought Virgil oh, yeah. Van Dyke was fantastic tonight because he was there. He covered Ibu for that one. Uh, Ibu and Allison had a little bit of a brain fart between them a little bit later in the half. And again, Van Dyke was there mopping it all up. So that was yeah. to me that was really really good. Even before we get on to him scoring the goal, I just thought at the back he just looked back to his regular self, and it it allowed that midfield to have that base to build off of and then Fabinho playing good as well like we just looked solid at the back and that's it's been a long time since we felt that way like even with getting the clean sheets Everton were never going to score against us but you know Newcastle we kind of ride our luck a little bit and Palace yeah. maybe we ride our luck a little bit but this game this was a deserved clean sheet like this was, oh, yeah. yeah it's it's massive it's something to build on for sure and the second half performance there's an awful lot of players going to come out of that with a lot of confidence in how they played and none more so for me than Diogo Jota. The first time he got the ball at his feet and ran as someone and took players on, it created the chance where we had the goal that was disallowed for the Darwin Nunes one that was disallowed. I'm glad we went on to win the game because if that was a defining moment in the season and we'd have come out of that with a clean sheet and a nil-nil, I'd have been apoplectic tonight. Yeah. I, I'd have been absolutely fuming. I can understand why it was disallowed. Yep. Because you often, I said it in the Telegram chat, and you often see this with handballs that lead to directly to a goal. Whether it's accidental or inadvertent or not, 
if it directly leads to a goal, it's disallowed. Now, there's a coming together between Jota and the defender. Jota falls over. He inadvertently, I think, clashes with Dawson. And that allows the space to open up for Darwin. I can I can see how they arrived at the decision. I don't agree with it, but I can yeah. see how they arrived at it. I'm just glad that we went and got the three points besides that. Yeah. You know, I, I that's that's the relief for me. But I understand I don't agree with it, but I understand how they got at the decision. Yeah, I I was I was overjoyed when that went in because for a while there it was looking like we were gonna have as much trouble scoring as Wolves were. Like, you know, uh, especially when Bueno went down injured in the first half, it just really mm. took the sting out of the game. Like you said, the first 10 minutes or so was kind of basketball end to end, you know, corners all over the place. And then Bueno goes down and like the, the life just kind of got sucked out of the stadium. And, you know, Darwin puts that ball and it's like, yeah, here we go. And it's, ah, shit, you know, it might be a foul. Looking at it, like, that's never a foul. And then they showed the one angle where it shows Jada's foot coming up and kind of clipping Kilman on the thigh. But I kind of yeah. agreed with Ray Kennedy here. He says, am I missing something regarding the disallowed goal? Was it not initially a foul on Jada? Should have been a pen. I thought that, but that would have been the softest pen. And for a team that has not been given a penalty in the Premier League all season, yeah. We weren't going to get our first one with that one. <laughs> we weren't going to get our first. But yeah. I, I thought so as well. I thought Semedo had a little shove on Jada, you know, into his back. Yeah. But it was. But it, it, for me, that's just normal defending. You see yeah. that all the time. He's, he, he eased them off the ball. You know, it was um, it was one of the. If that's given against you, you're fuming. Yeah, there's you know, Jonathan yeah. agrees with you completely. If it's given the other <laughs> way, we'd be blowing yeah. up. It's a foul. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's it. And, and it's like sometimes you just got to. Bite your lip and say, yeah, okay, yeah, I see why you did it. You know, yeah. I'm just glad it didn't cost us. But look, it is what it is. It came, I mean, the goal for me, the, went back to Allison, And, oh, no, that was the second one, wasn't that's it? That's the second one. That's, that's the second one. That for me was the goal. Of the, that was brilliant. I love that one. But what was the first one? Uh, the first one was a wide left free kick. Oh, uh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trent yeah. whips it into the box. Virgil rises above everybody. Good save from Jose Sa, yeah. but just not quite strong enough. You know, he didn't have the angle of his hands right to get the ball out for a corner. Jada's right there, totally switched on, gets the ball, loops it Instant. back in, and Virgil will never have an easier goal to no. score. Just Headed in from about four feet out, a, a nice dirt count distance out. To well, he, he was he was at an awards night last night for the I think it was last night the FIFA um, World Eleven Awards, mm. and there's people online and they were like, "How the hell is he getting into that side?" And what they don't realize is that was for the seat for last season. Yeah, and he had the awards last night, and it's like, yeah, you kind of look at the season that he had last year, played every single game available to him. Went to the World Cup, did well for the Netherlands. Of course, he was getting into that side. You know, it's just nailed on hundred percent. Yeah, and I but, mean those those things are built so much off of reputation sometimes too. So, yeah, but I know, think maybe, maybe Virgil. There probably was better center halves. You know, not there, not but... over not for me. Not over the entire season. There wasn't. Um, the, the only one for me that would have come close. No, there isn't. No, there genuinely isn't. I'm, I no. like it. I like it. No, there isn't, because the thing is, you can't pick someone from Real Madrid at the back because they didn't win the league. Yeah. They won the Champions League, and that was it. You, you're kind of looking at Rudiger and David Alaba. No. And I think Courtois was the goalkeeper of the year. 
for the Champions League final alone, Kurt yeah. Schmack gets keeper of the year. I oh, no, no, it wasn't. Sorry, no, it was Emmy Martinez. It was Emmy Martinez. Yeah, that's how stupid it is sometimes. But no, Virgil for me deserved it. But he came back tonight and he looked like that. I'm above this, and I'll yeah. show you. You know, it's like, I am as good as what they say I am, and I'm going to show you. And I hope he takes that level of confidence between now and the end of the season. Then we get the old Virgil back, the one with the attitude, and the one who's, like, angry. Yeah. You know, I want, you know, I want that Virgil to lead, the, to lead us through the next 15 games? 14 uh, games. 14, 14, 14 games. games. So you know? 15 games total. Yeah. And I just, I just want him to be that aggressive, horrible, nasty centre back that nobody wants. That people run away from. Go and run to Ibu and see how, see how you get on. Yeah, you know. What yeah, I mean? it's. I, I was so, so happy with the performances of Fabinho and Van Dyke in defence tonight. And I mean, uh, just to talk about Fabinho a little bit more because I feel that he deserves a little bit of credit because he's been absolutely slated on plenty of these shows and. Uh, all across the internet for his performances this year, but like lots of front foot defending, getting his ball in at the right point. Uh, somebody uh, earlier in the chat when we were talking about the disallowed goal said that the the yellow card on him was ridiculous, and I agree. Like, yeah, he lands on him with his studs, but he's jumping to get out of the way of a studs up tackle and comes yeah. down on top of him. Like, it it made it made very little sense. I thought the yellow card on Bacetic in the 14th minute was incredibly soft. Like yeah, I think you're getting a yeah, I think you're getting a booking for that. If you're stopping a counter attack, see, this is where their argument falls down. If you're stopping a counter attack, you're going to get booked. That's why Stefan got the booking. Fabinho it did that counter attack. Okay, the... it was on the edge of no, of their box. I know, but he was stopping a player from breaking away. But later on in the second half, Fabinho did exactly the same thing, and he walked away. Yeah, and he didn't get booked. And I think he, he, he would have gotten booked for that had he not gotten that yellow card for that clash he had with Lamina, where it, it was a 50-50 challenge and either player could have gotten the yellow card. Yeah, I, I think in that case, it's the one thing that they said in the commentary tonight that I completely, I completely agree with, was the foul could have gone either way. So you just give the foul whichever way you think it is and, and just play. Because yeah. to me, I, I didn't think it was a booking. But... He, it was um I didn't think it was that kind of I mean the amount of cards that were in the game, I didn't think it was that kind of game. You know, I didn't think it was a nasty game or a, or anything remotely close to it. No, oh, it felt like that for me for the first it, uh, twenty minutes or so of the second yeah. half, like needly, needly coming yeah, up. Yeah, but but without boiling over. It no. was it was bubbling to a nice level, and it was when they made their changes is when they opened up. And when they opened up, we looked like we were gonna punish them a bit. Um, Kevin Ball said Costas did well considering he hasn't played in a while. Courtney Neary tonight will be at Anfield and heading outside the ground now doing her video blog. And I'd urge everyone to check out Court when you when we finish this night, put it into the search bar Courtney Neary video blogs. Subscribe to her video blogs, they're brilliant anyway. But tonight will be exceptional. She's a huge fan of Costas Simicas, and he was brilliant. Tonight, he, he had a couple of shaky moments at the start of the game. Normal for someone who hasn't played in forever in a day. But we saw the best of what he can do going forward tonight. There were times when he got pulled out of position 
defensively, and I think that's his biggest weakness. Mm-hmm. He chases players into into places where he shouldn't go, and he leaves space open behind him. Uh, but in general, I thought going forward he was very very good. And for the second goal, the the pass from Allison was outstanding. The control that he showed, the Costa showed was top tier. Took the ball into his stride and just ran into the space. You know, took the ball, looked up. There was people who you got to pick up. All you had to do was just hit Salah. That's all you have to do, hit him. And that's what he did. The ball literally just hit him and went in off his knee. But yeah, I I disagree, Kieran. I didn't think he was brutal. I thought in the first half he was pulled out of position a couple of times. But in the first half, you got to give credit to how Wolves defended and the way they set up with their two banks of four. And those four midfielders weren't allowing anything, any passes through them had to be eye of the needle stuff or you had to get exceptional runners. So I'll give a bit of a pass on anyone trying stuff in the first half because I'll give credit to Wolves and how they set up in that first half. Yeah, It's, it's, not, it's not easy doing that. It's, it's I, really tough. Were you on the same comms that I got? I had Stephen Warnock and some other guy that I'd yeah. never heard. And they pointed out this like the changes that Lapetegui made just absolutely killed Wolves. I think that's yeah. right. Like Sarabia was doing a much better job than Triore was of keeping that 4-4, four, four, you know, those two banks of four in together. Yeah. The the issue I had with Simicast in the first half was he just wasn't putting the ball into the box. Like we know he's got a peach of a delivery with that yeah. left foot and he's got 10 times the right foot that Andy Robertson has. I mean, 10 times zero is still zero, I guess. But yeah. it, that's what I wanted him to do. And before we get on to, like, before I talk about the goal, the 52nd minute, I was ready to strangle Costas Simicas because <laughs> Allison gets the ball and plays it out to him on the wing, and he is in la-la land. And the ball goes out for a throw-in. He was just completely, completely switched off to what was going on. And I was furious about that. But I mean... That second goal of ours, that was the easiest goal possible. Yeah. Like Allison, Simicas, Simicas just holds R2 and just turbo straight down the line. Nobody <laughs> challenging him. And then just this massive chasm opens up and it's the simplest ball you could ever possibly play in. Like that was that was comic book defending. Like the Wolves podcast must be going absolutely crazy over it how was- simple they made that for us. Because, And to be fair... I thought it was Darwin. Like the speed with which uh, Simicas took the ball from Allison and started running up the line, because, you know, it's, he's playing left wing at that point. I thought it was Darwin because the comms seemed to be getting them confused a fair bit throughout the night. The ha- but... It was the hairstyle. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> they literally both have exactly the same hairstyle. Well, I'm, I might throw that in for tomorrow night then, and people will confuse me for Darwin Nunez or Costa Simicas, but <laughs> I don't think, yeah, it goes I... Quite, don't think it goes quite that far. Well, Dom, Dom is in the chat, the Road In podcast, and I think Dom, can you drop the name of who? Because I think you've done it. You've got a pod coming out, or today or tomorrow, and I think it's with uh, Gregory Vignal. If it is, just confirm that in the chat, and people need to go and check out the Road In podcast. Uh, yeah, the the Road In pod to hear Dom, he was on with us last night, do uh, a sit-down one-on-one with Gregory Vignal. And it's, if going by what Dom has, Dom has done in the past, Friday, 6 p.m., going by what Dom has done in the past and the quality interviews that he's done, 
it's definitely got to be worth looking out for for sure so make sure you get that in your reminders 6 a.m i'm hoping that's when you're releasing it dom not when you're recording it that's that's a that's a wee wee bit early I and mean, dom also says he feels that darwin's getting overlooked thought he was a thorn in the ass for wolves all night tonight movement pace delighted for him yeah, I mean, it was a bummer that the goal couldn't stand because I think we all really enjoy seeing Darwin Nunes get the goals uh, racking up for him. But mm. when he came off mm. and Anfield starts chanting his name, like that, to me, he seems like the kind of guy that that just energizes him completely. So he is going to be fired up going into the United game on Sunday. And we're, we're going to need him, right? you know, United are no mugs. No, they're not. They're playing really, I mean, the huff and a puff didn't. They're they're a good side going forward, and they've found a way of defending. So yeah, Sunday is going to be uh, Sunday is going to be a huge game. The thing is with Darwin, I th- I still think that he needs we need once Diaz comes back, and you can try and get Darwin through the middle. Then I think it creates so many options, so many different ways of playing. But as it stands at the minute. I think he's going to be really looking forward to Sunday. And I don't care who he's playing against, whether it's Dallow or whether it's Wambasaka, he's just going to have he's going to have it about him to to run at them and to try to make something happen. Just the one thing that playing against this version of Manchester United is you're going to have space in behind. Whereas for every game that we've played so far this calendar year, bar Real Madrid. There's been no space to run into, you know, so it's going to be a completely different kettle of fish on, on Sunday and it's a different challenge for him and something I think he'll benefit from. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I, he's become so important to how we play. I mean, just it's, I've been saying it since we first saw him of just, there's something about having world-class pace that just changes everything. And I Somebody asked there, uh, Laszlo, you know, where does Darwin go if Diaz is starting wide left, which we assume he will. Mo is stuck out right. I mean, spoiled for choice for our forwards feels like a nice change from where we were a couple of months ago when we had, you know, or at the start of January where we just had three and that was yeah. it. So, you know, it was nice to see. What did you make of uh, what'd you make of Jada's game? So he grew into it. Um, I think... The one thing that we needed in the first half is the one thing that Cody offers, and it's the one thing that Bobby offers, is that that forward who drops in to create the extra man in midfield and to try to pull a centre back out of position. He did. He was neither. He neither. He didn't. He didn't do do either. He didn't run in behind, and he didn't drop off. And the one time that he, like I said earlier. The one time when he got the ball, turned and ran at someone, you saw what he's capable of. You know, he's always got that. He's always had that in his locker. He's really good with the ball at his feet. He's really quick with the ball at his feet as well. And the difference tonight, as opposed to the Crystal Palace game, is he didn't look, when he came off, he didn't come off because he was running in treacle. Yeah. You know, it was, he, he looks up to game speed now that if he needed to do 90, he could do 90. You know, and I think I don't think he starts at the weekend. I think he'd be off the, uh, an option off the bench. I think Gakpo will start because I think Gakpo will suit that kind of style that you against Manchester United better than what um, Diogo does. But at the same time, he needs a goal. He needs one to go in off his arse. You know, just to get back on the bike again and start scoring. 
21 goals in all competitions he scored last year. You know, that's a lot of goals to be missing out of your side. You know, so yeah, I think... I was going to say, speaking of 20 goals, Mo brought up the 20 again. That's six years on the trot. Mo Salah with 20 goal seasons for Liverpool. That's... We we needed him. We needed him to show up, and he was yeah. there when we needed a goal. You know, he didn't take the game by the scruff of the neck or anything like that. I I think I called him to score two. He got one. That's not too bad. But yeah. just just keep ticking him in because at this point, like you know, scrappy three foot headers and balls going in off of Salah's thigh. That's what we need at this point. Yeah. And just you know, keep putting the three points on the board. But uh, a real real different kettle of fish and. I'm I'm excited to see the Gakpo because I I agree I think it's going to be Nunez left Gakpo and Salah against United on Sunday and I think from what I've seen of him I've really liked the way he's growing into our system and learning to drop deep in that you know tall Bobby Firmino kind of role um, it's he could provide the extra body that we need in that midfield because you know that Casemiro is going to show up you know he's a oh, big yeah. game player and this is a big game so he's going to be there for it. Uh, we got a super chat here from James CBR for two pounds. So that's going to be uh, what pound 40 going to breast cancer awareness. So thank you for that, James thoughts on Elliot in midfield tackles like Salah. Uh, I thought technically, I thought Har- technically he actually does because <laughs> it's the way they're taught how to tackle is to try to nick the ball and stay on your feet. It's something that we've been doing with a lot of our midfielders for years now. And yeah. it's, it's just, He's always going to get that about him because he's about five foot three. <laughs> you know, he, he's he looks a slight type of player, but I don't think he is. I think he's actually quite physically strong. But um, yeah, it's he's not he's not that kind of midfield that is going to blow someone off a ball. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he did his defensive work okay. He creates chances. That's why he's in the side. That's why he started tonight. He creates chances. If it's not for himself, he creates them for others. And the header he missed wide tonight, he should have scored. The snapshot in the second half that fell onto his right foot, got it on target, he just didn't get the power on it. And there was another one where he had a shot and it pulled a good save out out of uh, Jose Sa. He'll he'll be that midfielder who, who gets into the box. And it's something that you don't see from Jordan Henderson when he plays in that role or mm-hmm. from pretty much anyone else that plays in that third midfielder role. They don't get into the box. They don't create the extra man in the box. And it's a problem at times, especially in, against sides who part the bus. So I, that's why he's there. You know, At the end of the day, he's got youth on his side. He's got time on his side. He's going to get a lot better. You know, he's, he, he's never, he's not, you can't ever judge a finished product at 21 years of age, but the signs are there that he's going to be a, a very good player for us. Yeah. It's, I, I think he put in the kind of performance that he was putting in at the start of the season when he was consistently starting games for us in midfield. And I was one, at least I might've been the only one saying that, you know, he was our best performing midfielder on the day because Fabinho and Henderson were just throwing absolute clangers in and the difference it makes when Fabinho has a good game is that all of a sudden Harvey Elliott is able to have a six out of 10 game and you can go, well, you know, he didn't have a great game, but he didn't have a poor game. But at the end, it doesn't matter because the other guys around him were, you know, carrying water as well. He wasn't the only one. And 
the way that Bacetic and Fabinho were able to kind of just marshal the defensive side of the midfield and allow Harvey to go forward, like he might tackle like Salah, like James is suggesting, but he certainly doesn't lack for running. You know, he was putting a shift in, he was getting around midfield. So he has legs, the, the much vaunted legs that we seem to be lacking in our midfield. I thought that was good. I felt the same way about Trent. Uh, you know, he was a little bit ball watchy on their chance they had in the third minute with the ball going over his head. But other than that, there were a fair number of times where Trent was busting his ass getting back and going forward. So, you know, those are good signs. Let's talk about positive body language, maybe. But The, the one good thing that I thought was back tonight that you saw an awful lot of was Virgil getting the ball out of his feet and, and switching the play. Yeah, big. Uh, it's, yeah, it's something that he hasn't done for a while. Whether it's his, he doesn't tr quite trust his body enough in the last few games to to let that ball go. But he tried it a few times with that ball, looking to try to get Salah one v one with Bueno early, and it worked a fair few times. But it was, sometimes it was against eight Eighty as well when he came on. I like seeing that because that's a that's a serious threat. That's a nice option to be able to have. Yeah, Kevin Ball asked if I think he works as an eight, though, especially with Trent needing help defensively. But I don't think you can think about it in the way that we think of Henderson playing that right side at eight. I think you got to imagine more kind of what I think happened oh, today, yeah. which is Fabinho sliding over and Bacetic kind of dropping into a bit of a double pivot to provide that extra cover for Trent. Because, no, I don't like the idea of our right side defensively being Mo Salah, Harvey Elliott, and Trent Alexander-Arnold. That seems a bit fraught if i'm being honest going forward that sounds sexy as all hell like that sounds great it's a little bit yeah. too left-footed i wish that harvey had a little bit more of a right foot on him his, his right foot is better than mo's i mean mo's right foot is for standing on i mean at least mo scored a couple of goals with his right foot i mean I well, think that's that tonight was... winning off his right shot his right th his right thigh yeah. There you go. That's that's gonna go down in the stats as a right footed yeah, goal. Though. It's I, only because he wasn't standing on it at the time. I think he that that one he scored against Salzburg from basically on the end line. I think that was with his right foot, yeah, wasn't that was, it? Well, that was probably the best goal I've ever seen him score. Yeah, that's that's amazing. It's amazing. Um, but I just think like with Harvey Elliott coming into the team, and I've been kind of saying this about players like Harvey Elliott, Fabio Carvalho. And, you know, you start talking about mooted transfers like Mason Mount and stuff like that. I heard somebody today mention James Madison. Like, I, I have an, a very difficult time imagining any of those players in the mold of a left-sided eight Genie Wijnaldum or a right-sided eight Jordan Henderson because they're not those same type of players. So we've bought these players. So one of two things either has to happen. We need to slightly tweak the system to accommodate for their different skill sets that they have or our coaching staff is going to do a number on these players and transform them. Like what happened with Ginny Wijnaldum, who came in as a 10 and became a fantastic eight for us. That's Those are the two things. And I think it's going to be more of a shift. And, you know, if you put Jude Bellingham in beside Fabinho, you can probably get away with having a Harvey Elliott or a Fabio Carvalho in as the third midfielder in that team because you've got two solid players playing at the back if Fabinho plays, you know, to his standard, not the way he has been for most no, of the I, year. I there was a question in there: Would I put Trent into midfield against Madrid? No, never in a month of Sundays. Um, going back a while now, uh, Jamie Holm was on here, and uh, Jamie's played semi-pro and football to a decent level, a decent standard. He's a he's a pretty good player, and any of the guys who've been on the pod who've played to a good standard, anyone will tell you that. If you're a fullback, 
the game is in front of you and it's to the outside of you. If you're a midfielder, it's 360. It's a different game. It's a different mindset. It's a different technical skill level. And the fact that Trent hasn't done it in years, just because he used to do it in the under-19s. And speaking of which, the under-19s, a massive win tonight against Porto, 6-5 on penalties. And they're through to the last eight of the under-19 European Cup. But I don't think you put Trent Alexander in midfield. I can see a situation where we sign a central midfielder and we do shift towards a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-2-4, whichever way you want to dress it up. Yeah. And we end up with fullbacks being more traditional fullbacks where they'll go up and down the line. They won't cut inside too much. One will go, one will stay. But there will be traditional fullbacks in the modern sense of the, of the word. And your two centre midfielders, one will go, one will sit. And your four forwards will be just told to go and win the game. And I think the side eventually will evolve that way naturally because of the players that we have and the players that we bought in the last 18 months will naturally evolve into that system with what will be brought in this summer. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I, ju- I just don't I just don't see any other way that you go out and you buy uh Carvalho. Elias, Nunes, Diaz, Jota, without the plan to revitalize the midfield to get the best out of those players. There is no point to bring in all those players and then bring in a midfield who don't have the skill set to bring the best out of them. It makes absolutely no sense. And it's the one thing that, yeah, we've all been let down by the transfer business done on midfield. We all know that. But the evolution of this side into a 4-2-3-1 has been coming for a while. And I think it's definitely going to be something that happens after this, this season is done and dust. And you see the business that's done in this, in this January, in this July uh, summer window. Yeah. Yeah. Laszlo here. He says, I don't want us to sign Mount, but I could absolutely make a case for why Liverpool would slash should buy him. Easy one to start. Would you rather have Ox or Mount? Well, don't don't set the bar too high, Laszlo. I mean, I'd rather on. have I'd rather have James Ward Prowse for different reasons. Yeah. I, no, I just think that if you want a squad, someone in your squad who will run through brick walls, who's technically gifted, who's ready to, who's good enough to step up technically, and who's got a good engine doesn't have to start every game see this is the thing that people need to get out of their head that you have 11 players who play 64 games a season we don't you need a squad and in that squad you have to have players who are willing and able to be that person who's going to play 20 games 25 games a season be it 10 starts and 15 off the bench mason mount isn't that player but i think james warprouse is and I think down the line, Jacob Ramsey could be that player. Yeah, that you bring like in a them. Jacob Ramsey with the view to developing him into being a proper player at 24, 25, at 24 to 30. You bring him in at 21, 22 to develop him to be that world-class player from 24 to 30 years of age. I just don't see a Mason Mount... I don't see Mason Mount leaving Chelsea personally. 
I just think it's a fallacy. I, I think he, I think we're being used yeah. to negotiate the best possible deal for Mason Mount at Chelsea. We, we've been in this situation before. It's, um, you know, where players will, we've done it to other clubs as well. It used to be done with Manchester United. Do you remember Sergio Ramos? The amount of contracts that Sergio Ramos has negotiated by throwing out the I'm going to Manchester United line. And it's no Thank different you, now, I think, with Mason Man. Good God. That was, that's a that's an alternate universe I am very happy we do not live in. Sergio <laughs> Ramos Manchester United. Oh, yeah. Uh Rodan Paw, that's our friend Dom from last night, saying he would cost a small fortune, James Ward-Prowse, due to his new deal. But, I mean, do we know whether there's a relegation clause in there or not? Because No, there probably wouldn't be. But I think the fact that if they go down and the kind of business model that Southampton want to evolve into to become like the uh, RB Leipzig-type club and the RB, you know, the, the Salzburg-type club, where they bring all these young players in like they did last summer, develop them and sell them on for profit, like they did with Lavia and Pizunu and a few of the other players that they brought in. If they get relegated, James Ward-Price is going to want to stay in the Premier League. Yeah, and he deserves to. Yeah, he's a good enough player to play in the Premier League, and he's a good enough player to be in the squad of any of the top six sides, in my opinion. Uh, you look at what Manchester City did with Calvin Phillips spending the bones of fifty million pounds to be Rodri's understudy. It's, I mean, Aiden thinks the the bar is low. No, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, no, you lost me with your second one, and uh, James Ward Price is twenty eight, and. It's see, I I think that's something we need to. Sorry, lad, I I just don't get that. Yeah, it's I feel that's something we need to just kind of like. We're not planning for the future with James Ward Prowse. Like James Ward Prowse isn't a for the next five years type player. But you know what would have been great this season, having a guy like James Ward Prowse at twenty eight just to help bridge the gap because that's what and we've all said it. That's what this team is missing is we've got the thirty year olds. And we've got the 20, 21-year-olds, but we're missing those guys in the middle because Nabi Kate has been an absolute flop. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain is always constantly injured. Those are the guys that should be shouldering the load. Like I felt that like listening to some other uh, shows talking about the Palace game and you know that midfield of Henderson, Milner, and Kata, of like if Nabi Kata was the player he should have been for us, you're not too worried about that because he's your main man. But he's such a liability, and everybody's so down on Nabi Keita, well, and rightly so, that it it doesn't work. James listen, before we go down, before we go down this rabbit hole, are you still planning on doing that show tomorrow night? I I believe so. Gav hasn't okay. quite given me the ground rules, but uh, I I don't know who my guest All is right. going to be. I don't know what the ground rules are, but we're going to do some uh, make believe time transfer okay. talk for the summer. They so we'll yank the rest of that conversation right the way back because. I got a feeling that we could definitely verge into that territory with, with whoever, whatever you're doing tomorrow night. I think whatever you're doing tomorrow night is literally going to be the last 15 minutes of what we've just had for an hour. So if you and guys are in the chat now and you want that show tomorrow night where we play, where we play fantasy football and an imaginary budget and what we could do and what the squad could look like on the 1st of August in 2023, Tune in tomorrow night, 10 p.m., and Matt will go through everything. And yeah. you guys will all get your say. 100%. I'm, I'm looking but forward there are to rules. It. 
There uh, are apparent, rules. Apparently, there are rules. Gav is going to give me some ground rules for uh, playing with a little bit of money. And we're going to. Well, I'll tell you what, mate. The first rule is you have to have the right amount of homegrown and club grown players in your squad. Yeah, I know. That's I know. the only one. I know. From there, you can do what you like. I know. I mean, you don't need to have a full allotment of club grown players because, I mean, we show from our Champions League squad this year. You just go. Yeah, with how's that working out? I mean, we got out, we got out of the groups. We got out of the groups. So that's that's not bad. That's not bad. But yeah, it's I think you got a good point. We're we're basically finished talking about tonight's game and already well, rolling look. in over to okay. tomorrow. Um, but, uh, you got to go back to your up. man of the match. Go back to your man of the match. You uh, to me it was Virgil. I it's I I, I would have given maybe an honorable mention to Fabinho. I thought just because of the improvement that? not for the overall play of Fabinho in the game, but just because he's been so poor in so many matches for us this season that it was nice to see him just getting his foot in at the right moment, getting forward in the press, becoming that fifth person in our forward press, helping to break the play up and winning us the ball back a little bit. Like there was a lot of times where our forward press was so good that uh, Wolves just had to take to just lumping the ball up the field. And when I see one of their center halves or their keeper, just under a little bit of pressure, just lumping it up and the ball goes off the screen on TV, I'm sitting on my couch going, that's our ball. And we're winning those balls at the back. Ibu grew into the game after his shaky kind of first 10, 15 minutes at the start. He was winning his battles and his headers. Virgil, I thought, just read the game so, so well, though. And it 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 makes a big, big difference for us when Virgil van Dijk is, is playing quite well. And getting some agreement in here. Butterpants agreeing with me. Fab did well, but Virgil, man of the match. Uh, see what else you guys have to say. No, there's not another cat attack, Brian Halloran. The cats are locked out of the room, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, coming up for the rest of the week, check me out tomorrow night. Oh, that's what he went to do. I thought it was uh, something trivial, but he went to go do something important and get himself another pint. I'm going to be on again tomorrow night, making it three days in a row if you guys can put up with me. No idea who's coming on with me or what exactly we're going to be doing, but it's going to be fun. We'll be uh, taking a lot of feedback from you guys in the chat in terms of whether players will actually be available, what's a realistic price on players, and any you know names you guys might have heard of. So uh, really going to be counting on you guys, and I know we definitely can because we got the best chat going in terms of fan media as far as I'm concerned. You guys are fantastic. And then, Kev, you're going to be on on Friday doing a yep. weekend preview? Yeah, we got uh, myself, Chris, and Kev. Uh, Clutch FIFA is a Manchester United fan. It's just going to be the three of us this Friday. And look, we're mainly going to focus on the build up for the Liverpool against Manchester United. There's a few other games this weekend as well, but let's be honest, we don't give a shit. <laughs> there's one game in town, there's one show in town, and that's the one that we're all interested in. So the three of us are going to sit down, and Kev's going to glow, and me and Chris are going to try and make a case. Yeah, it's it'll be tough. And uh, the same with Gav on his uh, Bookmakers TV YouTube show tomorrow. I'm sure the uh, United fan that's on there with them will be coming in like a prize peacock with his feathers all furled out and uh, a well, giant. I don't blame him. Yeah, no, I, I mean the, him, no. the League Cup is not a Mickey Mouse trophy anymore. So now that United have it in their cabinet, uh, it's, well, the draw for the FA Cup came out tonight, and the draw is as it is now: is Manchester City against Burnley. So Vincent Company goes back to Ooh. the Etihad. Manchester United at home against Fulham. Uh, Brighton against the Fishy People of Grimsby, and Sheffield United against Blackburn Rovers. 
So it's very possible that Tyler Morton could be playing a FA Cup semi-final at Wembley if Blackburn can get over that away trip to Sheffield United. That's fantastic. From the little bit I've read online from Blackburn fans, he seems to be having quite a season there for him. And, you know, it's one of those loans that's just worked out well. That's... Yeah. That's uh, look, Aiden, you're going to be over the top now. Kev would have been a good sporting director at Everton, had a ver- as an eye for overpriced average English talent. I wouldn't have signed Alex Awobi for love no money. I wouldn't have gotten near a Brighton striker for love no money. Because the one thing that Brighton could never do is find a striker. Why do you think Chelsea are struggling now? Now, what about Gabamon? <laughs> Don't you want Gabamon with me? Good God, no. Gabamon. The one thing that I would I give Everton credit for is the fact that they signed Damari Gray. And I thought, Jeez, what who a was, bit of business. Who was in charge of Everton when that happened? I wonder. Hmm. 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 <laughs> Even even Andros Townsend, I mean, the injury is he's been out for so long now. But at the a start, player of last I actually season, quite like. I've always liked him. He's one of those players when he was at Palace. He's a, is an annoying kind of player. He, he he he's one at the start of the season. If you're doing your fantasy football, um, you'd always chuck him in because he's capable of uh, chucking the odd four or five game stint together where he looks absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I. Well, I I will always love Andros Townsend for that screamer he scored against City in December of 2018. Uh, What a goal. I was moving house that day, and I just had to stop loading boxes into the truck, and I sat down and watched the end of that game, and it was absolutely brilliant. Uh, Brian O'Halloran says they signed Owobi for $40 I mean, how much did we spend on Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain? So, you know. I know. I know. I'm not having that. Alex Chamberlain, when for the first two and a half years, before the injury against Roma was – was the thirty-five million pound player that we wanted and needed? You know, he was first name on the team sheet up until that first bad injury. And you see this. I mean, modern science has taken things to a new level when it comes to players. There's every chance that that injury should have been in decades, in years gone by, that would have ended his career. Yeah, you know, it it was that bad. So I'm not. I. I, I don't like the fact that the last 12 months he looks like he's seen at the end of his contract and he's, um, you know, it's just that kind of attitude that, that's crept into football that it's just a modern game, but what can you do? Yeah. Episode three of why Kev doesn't give good fantasy football advice. You're clicking on quick, Laszlo, lad. You're clicking <laughs> on quick. But Emmett made a shout there a minute ago that what are we all going to be doing on cup final day if it's two Manchester clubs in the final? I mean, I'm sh- I'm pretty sure we could all get together and go on a drinking session somewhere. I I even might have was, I might have virtual. Some, I might have some laundry to fold, yeah. or I don't know, go shovel the sidewalk. Yeah, even if it's virtual, I swear to God, we all got to get together for a virtual drinking session that day and just like forget it never happened. We'll yeah. just w- say that this 2023 has got 363 days in it. We're all going to agree to it, and we'll never talk about it again. <laughs> Olivier says I'll do my taxes. There you Can go. I, we'll it all is, watch Olivier doing his tax returns. Yeah, exactly. It's it bad. is that time of season, so don't forget to do that. So um, I mean that's pretty much it. Oh, I guess we should get your man of the match. You went off to get yourself another pint and I prattled on there for a few minutes. Um, so. I think 
Yeah, no, I'll give it to Fabinho. I thought Fabinho was excellent. Um, the reason I thought he was excellent, more than anything, he's a, his overall play was good. He was His aggressiveness in the tackle and his willingness to, t- to challenge people on the ball higher up the pitch was good. That's back to his old self. It was the fact that he decided to be the grown-up in the room with the two kids next to him and made sure that he looked after his, his job dragged everyone else with him and he needed that performance but he's got to back that up at the weekend you know you've basically got the guy who is the number one cdm in world football in casemiro just so happens to be the guy who's got the shirt that casemiro owns at the minute but fabinho wants for brazil yeah and as long as casemiro has that shirt fabinho will never get it Casemiro has got that much stock in the pocket with Brazil that that's why Fabinho hasn't played so much, you know, for for Brazil in that position. They've brought him into the squad and he's been an option off the bench. They've tried him at right back and whatever, but he gets the odd look in and meaning meaningless games. But when it comes down to the nuts and bolts of the Casemiro has got that shirt. And it's up to Fabinho to show that he can take it off of it. You know, he's got to show up on Sunday. He's vital. Absolutely vital. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, uh, I know you'll get into it pretty good on uh, Friday in terms of previewing the match, but I think we'll go with Pachetic Fabinho Henderson against United. And if Fabinho can put in that performance like he did today, Pachetic, I don't know, the the kid is, he just keeps impressing me. Like, Yeah. I I just want to have a quick look at something now. Uh, you crack on there a sec. Oh. Right. Um, as it stands, the Premier League table at the minute, Arsenal are sat pretty at the top on 60 points from 25. Fair play. Uh, same games played as Man-, Man City with 55. Manchester United around 49, look, with a game less played. Manchester United have to come to Anfield to and win to stand any chance, any hope of maybe catching Arsenal if fold which is possible we're on 24 games played with a plus 12 goal difference 39 points two points behind newcastle who've played a game more but crucially we're six points behind spurs on 45 who played more they come to anfield and they're the target yep yep it's, these are all big games. Tandy, I mean, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. It's the uh, the United Beat fan United on Sunday in their title charge. Yeah, it's there's a reason why a couple weeks ago when I joined you on a Friday show and the United fan was on with us, he was very coy about being in a title race. Yeah, yeah. Kept his you know, just lower. He's the back on with us. He's he's back on with us this Friday. Wow. It's yeah, this this will be the weekend for it. I mean, if they beat us, they're right in there, you know. Yeah, it's it becomes a couple of games with what 13, 14 games to go. Anything is possible. You know, Arsenal got to play City again. So, you know, there's one of those two is gonna drop some points, but the best, the absolute best thing that can happen is we pay them back for the performance we had this year. Cause yeah, fuck me. Yeah, I, I, I was there in Dublin at the bar with my wife and Emmett and Keith joined us to watch that game, and that was brutal. That yeah, first game bad, this season bad. against United. So 
we definitely owe them one. So um, there was a good shout here. Shit, did I star the thing? I think I did. Somebody suggested, and they might have to bring the comment up again tomorrow night on my show, that uh, we should sign Neely because he could put a ball on a sixpence, judging from the last episode of Bang oh, Average Golf. that was Golf. mental, wasn't it? Yeah, so head on over. Go to YouTube. Just punch in Bang Average Golf on YouTube and watch the boss man Gav there with his buddy Neely. Uh, started up a new golf channel, just getting the hang of it. And, I mean, it's impressive so far from them. And, I mean, yeah. pretty pretty good banter from the two guys back and forth. It's uh, I find it quite enjoyable. Uh, there's probably as many people watching that as are watching the live golf, you know, matches that are on because the ratings that live golf is getting is absolutely terrible. So, well, well Gav's got a lot of work to do tomorrow because he's heading over to Liverpool for the weekend. Um, he's definitely got to set up that show for you for tomorrow night. And that's why I, if you're stuck for a guest, give me a shout. I'd love to be on. But, um, always reliable, is, Kev. Always yeah, reliable. Yeah. Always I, there, I'm not, mate, but. I'm not entirely sure. I, I mostly just host. I leave all the producing uh, duties to Gav. You know, he's oh. he's the man behind the scenes. You know, he is the Wizard of Oz in that sense. So that'll but, be yeah. good. It'll be a good show tomorrow night. If if I'm not on, I'll definitely be in the chat because that's definitely a show that is going to get. It's, it's tomorrow night for me is the start of that topic because that topic is going to run for the rest of the season. Yeah. Yeah. We tried to have at least a month off. So we basically took February off of transfer talk. You know, once the transfer window slammed shut, we didn't really talk transfers for the whole month of February. And now, you know, especially the result against Real Madrid, it kind of puts a bow on the season. Like, yeah, we've got a top four race to worry about, but there's no trophies to be won this season, you know? Getting into the Champions League next year isn't a trophy. You don't you don't brag about it. You know that's something that we kind of laughed at Arsenal fans for doing for years and years and years. So we can start casting a furtive glance forward into this summer's transfer window. But yeah, it's uh, it's going to rely heavily on the chat just simply for letting us know if we've got a reasonable estimation of players' values, sort of thing. Because somebody last night i think in the chat maybe said that you know mason mount might go for 20 25 million and to me that totally changes my stance on mason mount signing for liverpool because i presume he'd be more in the 45 50 million range he will be in the 40 it will be in the same kind of ballpark as um gordon was going to newcastle yeah it'll be mason mount if he moves in if he moves in this summer window anywhere he'll be 40 million pounds Chelsea have to recover money. Apparently, it's gonna it would cost Chelsea fifty two million to sack Graham Potter. <laughs> so yeah, it will. It's it's they're at a stage where they're gonna accept offers for players, but they're not gonna accept silly offers. And there will be a clamor of clubs looking to sign a Mason man, hundred percent. Yeah, but I still firmly believe that Mason Mount is a Chelsea player at the start of next season. Yeah, I think I think you're probably right, and I'm okay with that. But uh, Dom said earlier, he said if, and this is a big if, Mason Mount is a Liverpool player in 12 months, we'll all be singing his praises, and that's what I said. Oh, yeah, I'm delighted with it. I said, yeah, if he, if he's wearing the red of Liverpool, he's one of my favorite players. But yeah. until that time, I'm just not entirely sold on him so much. So, uh, yeah, so we got our uh, viewers' voice transfer gossip dream believe land show coming tomorrow night we got kev hosting the weekend preview on friday i believe we're off on saturday and yes. then 
Presumably, I, there can't be. No, much. we're off on Saturday. Make no mistake about it. We're oh. we're off on Saturday. Okay, 100%. thank you. <laughs> Gav is working us to the bone here, and then I I don't even know is there full time Reds on Sunday or just going to roll. There's two shows Sunday. There's full time yeah. Reds Sunday where we'll just go through the game, the bits and bobs of whatever happens. Any, you know, we'll be in and out in forty minutes. But Sunday nice, fat back four, Gav, or if Gav's back, it'll be if not, it'll be Keith, Shawnee. Emmett and whoever yeah. will dissect everything that's happened on Sunday and with their usual eloquence. Yes, yeah. Will either be gloating or ripping shreds off people. That, I mean, take at your, least toss a coin and take your pick. Yeah, at least we're not having Shawnee on predicting nine nil wins going into a Liverpool United game this time around. So hopefully he's reviewing a nine nil Liverpool win. That yeah. would be much. Leave that to Red Steve. Yeah. Yeah. Joe Gomez to score six. So um, before we get out of here, uh, check out our sponsor, bookmakers.com. If you're uh, into a little bit of the uh, wagering on the sports, if you need any advice coming into the weekend for your fantasy football matchups and things like that, it's a great spot for it. Again, check out Gav's show on there tomorrow, coming out on Thursday on the bookmakers.com, our YouTube channel. We got shows coming Thursday, Friday, two on Sunday for you guys. But most importantly, in the show description, you'll find the link to our charity partner. Dozen women from a GAA club in Dublin that are running the breast cancer or running the Dublin City Marathon to raise money for breast cancer awareness. Click into the link if you've got a few pounds or euros or dollars that uh, you, you'd like to donate to a very, very good cause. Thanks again to James CBR. He put in a two pound super chat. So Whatever YouTube doesn't take from us, all of that money from Super Chats goes directly into that. So thank you again, James, for your donation. If you guys can't donate because times are tight, coming up on tax season, maybe you're owing a few, just put it into your social media accounts, share it onto your Facebook, your Instagrams, or whatever you guys use. Just get the word out there. We'll help these women get to their 20K uh, target, and they can just keep running away in the rainy, cold Dublin nights, practicing for their... 26 and some miles that they're going to run for a great cause. There's got to be a better way of raising money for a cause than running 26 miles. But Well, it's going to be down around freezing next week, and they're going to be out every single night running 5 to 10K training. It's going to be at 30 degrees Fahrenheit minus the wind chill, and these women are going to be out come rain, hail, sleet, or snow, and the least we can do if we can't donate is click on the damn link, share it onto your social medias and put it in your WhatsApp groups. It costs absolutely nothing. Just a couple of minutes of your time, that's all it is. And it's so worthwhile. You never know who's in your chat or who's in your timeline that can do something that maybe we're not in a position, I'm not in a position to do anything at the minute, but maybe someone else is. It takes a couple of seconds. That's all it is. Really would help us out. Whatever we talk about football or anything like that pales into insignificance when it comes to charity work that the channel does. And it's something that will any of us who are lucky enough to put our voice on here will never apologize for talking about. It's the be-all and end-all of this, to be honest. It's, It's the one benefit for me personally, being able to come on and to be able to say, this is going to really affect people's lives. It costs absolutely nothing, guys. Just please, you know, click it in, click it onto your timelines. I want to go onto Twitter in an hour and see this from people that I know I follow on here. It would really mean the world. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, all the content from the LFC Day Trippers, all of it is 100% free. So instead of asking for you guys to pay us a monthly fee and throwing this stuff behind a paywall, this is what we ask instead. And I think that that's uh, unbelievably admirable, admirable of Gav that instead of asking for you guys to pay for the content, that we'll give you the content for free. But we just ask that you guys support our charity partners. And our charity partner currently is these breast cancer uh, marathon running women. So do what you can. And uh, until I guess twenty three hours tomorrow, yeah, it's, it's uh, boy they're they're coming again and again and again. But hey, we're winning, so that's all that yeah. matters. Let's just forget about the Champions League and focus on the league for now, right? Exactly. Anything Bread else before butter. we get out of here, Kev? Nah, man, I'm good. Bread and butter. Uh, back tomorrow night. Going to be a great show. Looking forward to it. That's right. All right. See you later, everybody. Podcast Network.